Naughty Nature takes an unfiltered look at the R-rated side of nature. So this podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Hey, I'm Rachel, and I like birds. I'm Lindsay, and I like fungus. And this week, uh, week two, by the way, of our lockdown of here course, in Wichita, Kansas, or the Great Plains Nature Center, yes. Um, Lindsay's week! Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, Full disclosure, I've been on hold for almost three hours and 45 minutes with a company, and I'm really frustrated, so I apologize if this is... Lackluster. Okay, Rachel. Wait. What? Before we go any further, we need to remind you guys listening that uh, this podcast is rated R for some strong language. Some references to drugs and alcohol. Great. And other graphic content. (laughs) So, yeah, we were serious in the intro there. But anyway, please continue. Kids beware. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rachel. If you could be any bird... What kind of bird would you be? Is this a trick question? Absolutely not. Okay, I've thought about this. <laughs> um, are we talking about extant birds? Any any bird you want. It doesn't matter. Okay, there's a lot of unknowns about being a, an extinct bird, so I'm going to go ahead and pick an extant one. Okay. Um, I would be a barn owl. Mm, I probably could have guessed that. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> let's let's pretend that you're a cedar waxwing. <laughs> <It's dead. laughs> okay. Okay. Just yeah, I don't want to be a cedar waxwing, but I'll concede just, for just you. Bear with me for this little story I'm going to tell. Okay. And you're the cedar waxwing. So fall is beginning to turn, and <laughs> you need to gorge yourself on a lot of berries to sustain yourself for the long migration you're about to take. Now, there is a ornithologist who has described this migration that you're about to take to be equivalent to 15 full marathons run back-to-back by a human being. How, what is a full marathon? It's um, 26.2 miles. Holy shit. Yeah. It's a lot That's of miles. so many miles. It's a lot of miles. Okay, okay. Now... Usually, marathon runners eat a really large pasta dinner before their race to keep them fueled for the whole event, right? That's weird. You are doing that with all these berries. Berries are not the same as pasta. I know that. But they're high in sugars, which is important because there's a lot of energy in sugar, and you need to have a lot of energy for this super long flight. So you're eating a whole bunch, and um, you – are finished gorging yourself. So you take a flight back to a safe place to rest before you take off at 4 o'clock in the morning (laughs) or whatever time you're going to start your migration. And on your flight back home, you notice that you're not quite feeling yourself and you're kind of flying all over the place. You're a little disoriented. Parasites. Nope. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I got excited. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what you jump to? (laughs) I guess. It's not parasites. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're flying really erratically, and you kind of forget which way is up, and it turns out that you're flying under the influence. Of alcohol? Of alcohol. Yeah, that sounds right. Cedar waxwings get 
Trashed. Trashed is a better word than what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. So those berries that you just ate, well, thanks to a really early frost that happened, started to rot earlier. Thus Sick. they started fermenting. Sick. So you were basically just consuming alcoholic berries. And you got hella drunk. So now you're just a drunk bird and you have no idea what's going on. Beautiful. So Wait, wait, wait. Is the entire flock drunk or is it just me? Most of the flock is drunk. Shit. <laughs> if not the entire flock. Because waxwings usually group up in flocks like that. Right? Yeah, they're yeah. pretty gregarious even like, yeah, at all times of the year. Go ahead. You said four in the morning, but I would be I, suspicious personally that cedar waxwings could be one of the many, many birds, songbirds that migrates at night. Oh, I didn't know that. Than, yeah. Yeah, I pulled 4 a.m. out of my ass, so. Yeah, don't listen to Lindsay. Um, listen <laughs> I'm to my voice. Not an ornithologist, okay? <laughs> um, yes. So this is new territory, not necessarily new territory, but uncharted waters for me. <laughs> so they were just binge drinking and, and uh, driving, flying under the influence all night. Yes. And that's, that's cute. That's our opening story okay. for today's episode. This will be drunk birds and other things, mostly drunk birds, though. Oh, <laughs> mostly drunk birds. But this is going to be the final. Perry Dog Tunnel. What do you mean? Then I have final one. But I go over a lot of different ones in this article. Okay. Or this particular episode because finding scientific evidence to back up these allegations has become increasingly more difficult. For you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like just finding the research because there isn't a lot of research out there. Yeah. About drunk animals. There are just like firsthand accounts. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's get back to these drunk birds. Observational science is still science. Yes, but, but if that it's doesn't documented. necessarily mean that it's true. You're correct. So, and, I, I, and I, I cover that. Bear with me. So this whole drunk cedar waxwings thing was exactly what happened to a really small town in Minnesota in October of 2018. So this really wasn't very long ago. But it wasn't just the one bird like we talked about. It was a whole shitload of birds, like like a lot of birds. What species? Um, cedar waxwings. There were robins involved. There were some blackbirds, I think. There, there was a lot of craziness going on in this little town. <laughs> so these birds were behaving hella strangely. Like they were flying, or more often they were flying into cars and into buildings than they normally would be. They were just flopping around. They would fall off branches, and they would just fly around erratically. So that sounds kind of like the scene straight out of that um, Alfred Hitchcock 19, the birds. What year was that? 1963? Yeah. I don't remember. Where all the birds were just like freaking the fuck out and people didn't know what was going on. So all these townspeople <laughs> in this small ass town were calling the police station to report these birds that were acting all kinds of crazy. Because they were, they were like genuinely concerned with what was happening. Because they were running into the sides of buildings and just smashing into people's cars. So I like don't blame them for being pretty worried about it. So, I mean, obviously it was a cause for concern. Were there like uh, strobe lights, um, glow sticks around their ankles? <laughs> There's raging birds. <laughs> that I don't know. That seems like a much better use of a 911 call than like you ran out of toilet paper, which apparently happened last week. You're kidding. No. Of course I'm not kidding. People oh, are that dumb. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Uh, I can't handle that right now. <laughs> shit. Okay. But it doesn't just happen in small towns. It happens all over the place. For example, it got so bad in Yukon, Canada, that they actually had to set up drunk tanks for all these birds. <laughs> so people would find these drunk birds or ones that had, like, smacked into the side of the building and they didn't die. They were just stunned. 
So they would drop them off in these little drunk tanks that were more like modified hamster cages, and they would have to sleep it <laughs> off and, quote, dry out, end quote, um, before they could fly off. Otherwise, they would just be a hazard to themselves. That is adorable. Yeah, so people were just dropping drunk birds off. I totally remember this, too. We might have researched it, like, For the live summer. show. Yep, mm-hmm. that's right. We didn't go into a ton of detail, but I remember reading about that and just, yep. like, laughing my ass off oh yeah it's it's so funny so damn funny not to mention that while I was researching this stuff I found a a lot of advertisements started popping up for me (laughs) and they would have titles like save a drunk bird today you're you're dead serious I like wrote it down what the hell were they advertising I'm gonna read what the exact words that they had on this advertisement it says save a drunk bird today and then I say, LOL, LOL. It said, tipsy birds may be more likely to smash into windows, so consider putting decals on the larger reflective surfaces. <laughs> they were fucking capitalizing on birds getting drunk. Oh, my God. That's great. I love everything that about amazing? that. Yes. Okay. So there's another drunk bird. This one was reported in 2011, and it was an owl in Germany. Oh, an owl? Yeah. Wait a second. I know. I know. It was, it was hella weird. So I was like... Were, okay. were they eating fermenting mice? Or? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I could dig up. The problem okay. that I found is that all the articles about this were in German, so I couldn't read it. And oh. Google Translate didn't help me at all. Damn. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> so I didn't get to research it a whole lot. But apparently somebody called in this owl that was acting weird on a road, and they had to come remove it because it was drunk. And apparently the owl found booze that was discarded in schnapps bottles rather than stuff that was found just in nature. So it was just (laughs) licking schnapps out of the lids and the bottles that people would just throw out. Oh, shit. This owl just got fucked up off schnapps that it found on the side of the road. That's so funny. Yeah, that's as much as I could get out of it because all the articles were in German. That is better to me than the Beatles that got drunk off of those beer cans. Mm. Or no no beer bottles. Wasn't that bottles? I think they were bottles. (laughs) Owls. Just like licking up schnapps. Yeah. So, so this owl, it did survive, but they had to like hold it in like a holding cell and wait for it to sober up before they could release it. A holding cell is such a good way to describe. It. I'm just picturing like this little prisoner owl who's just seething in the corner yeah, about being held up, furious, like. and then it's like hung over the next morning, <laughs> disoriented. <laughs> Apparently, they get hung over too. That's so sad. Yeah, I know it's it's ridiculous. Okay, so um, obviously if you find an intoxicated bird in real life, it, there is a good chance of it because apparently this is not a unknown phenomenon. And every time I say that word, it just sounds like it's not right. Phenomenon. Do, do, phenomenon. do, do. Anyway, if you find a drunk bird, call Wildlife Rehabber and they'll help you. Sometimes I think I was reading up on what you can do if a rehabber isn't available in your area. Yeah. And the best advice is to put it in a box with some holes in it. Or cover it loosely with a sheet and wait for it to sober up and then let it go. Yeah. I'm going to carefully add on to that advice by pointing out – I'm not telling you guys to do anything specific, but I will point out that it is legal for you to hold a bird – and other protected species for up to 24 hours in order to transport them to a rehabber. So if your bird just happens to sober up by the morning before you can get it to a rehabber, then you can just let it go. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just pointing that out. Please keep in mind that the Great Plains Nature Center is not a rehab facility. <laughs> we can't take your drunk birds. Also, we're locked down until further notice, so <laughs> you, you will not find a human here anyway. 
Yeah. Dear God, please do not leave any animals in cardboard boxes on our porch during this time. Yeah, it's devastating. So this episode is mostly about reports of drunk animals and if there's any science to support that intoxication. So for the... And weather or... Also that if it's there. If it's there. Like if I could find it, that's not to mean that there aren't studies being currently conducted. Right. But maybe they just haven't been published yet. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to stick with birds for just a hot sec because there are some scientists out there who intentionally like to get them drunk. (gasps) I mean, not for entertainment, but for science. Oh my god, they like to. It makes it sound like they're taking some kind of like sick pleasure from it. I mean. That's why I said that it's not for entertainment, it's for science. Okay, okay. But I'm not going to lie, they definitely expressed that they had a good time running this study. And I cannot lie by pretending like I wouldn't also have a good time. right? As long as, like, everybody was safe and stuff. Oh, yeah. And it was all definitely humane within guidelines of the safe, of, like, animal welfare safety. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So if you've ever spoken to someone, like a human being, that has been (laughs) drinking, what's one of the things that you notice? Slurred speech. Yes. You know, like, their words are all smashed together. Slurring their speech. Well, researchers from the Oregon Health and Science University were studying bird songs. Oh, shit. (laughs) To learn about human speech because birds, or most birds, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel, most birds learn to sing the same way that humans learn to talk. Songbirds. Yes, songbirds. And that's by listening to adults. Yes. So they learn from adults. That's exactly it. Okay. So one study found that bird songs or bird song and human speech rely on the same genes. Whoa. Yeah. So the same gene that programs humans to learn speech is the same gene in birds to learn bird songs. You're kidding. Nope. And I have a link for that article. Okay. I want to read it. It's insane. Um, Because there's there's been some research. Like I've seen Cornell Lab report on some of these – papers that look at um birds potentially having templates for learning songs Mm -hmm. and like how they can pick out their particular parent's song out of all the other songs in the forest and in the chorus of the morning dawn and stuff yeah this article was published in 2014 anyway back to the matter at hand so just keep that in mind. So they're using these bird songs to study human speech development. And they learned some – I know. Isn't it so fun? And they learned some interesting stuff about the birds themselves Oh, that I'm going to talk about. What do you know? So, okay. Go figure. <laughs> but I, there's a quote from this article that I want to read because I laughed out loud and I thought it was funny. Okay. So according to these researchers, and I quote, it's easier to keep a bird in a cage to study its brain than a human toddler. <laughs> Literally made me laugh out loud. They're not wrong. I know. In all kinds oh, of ways. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was like, okay, in the sense of like, you know, keeping the bird like cared for, but also like morally. Yeah, like it's, it's better than keeping a human baby in a cage. God, that's awesome. I know. <laughs> okay, so these scientists, the lead researcher, has, his name is Christopher Olson. So they got some zebra finches. And they gave them juice mixed with like six or seven percent alcohol in order to achieve a significant buzz. How? So they want, in a sense, they wanted the birds to have a 0.08% blood alcohol content. Sick. And that's a shitload of alcohol for a tiny bird. That's a lot. Wait, say it again. 0.08% blood alcohol content. 
I don't remember what the human ratio is, but it's pretty damn close. Wow. For like a legal limit for humans? Human BAC legal Do they limit. test it like they do in the bats where they do like a mouth swab or? That I don't know for sure. They might have just calculated it based on the volume that they were consuming and their mass. But gotcha. I didn't, I don't know. It's definitely somewhere. It's not in the article that I read. Anyway, that's okay. I can probably find it though. Um, I forgive you. Yeah, the legal drinking age for human beings is the same amount that they were giving these birds. The age. What did I say? <laughs> the legal drinking age for oh, damn it. birds no. and I humans meant, is the same. I meant the legal <laughs> blood alcohol content okay. is 0.08%. Not so. very many birds can live to 21. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive that they can, though. Especially little songbirds. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, so they were making sure that these baby, not baby birds, geez Louise, <laughs> these little birds were sufficiently intoxicated to record their sounds. Now, as they were studying the, these birds, they noticed that they had a decrease in ampl- amplitude and an <laughs> increase in entropy. Now, the whole time I was reading this article, I was reading entropy, and I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But entropy... Yeah, it's entropy, not entropy. Entropy is like an increase in – it's a physics term. Yeah, and entropy is a, like – it's chaos. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And okay. I kept reading it as entropy, not entropy. What What is entropy? Is that like when it's losing heat? I think it's when it – I think so. I can't remember if it's <laughs> – now i got to look it up. Entro – Surprise physics lesson. Physics lesson. Today on Naughty Nature. <laughs> Brought to you by Bored Quarantined Naturalists. An extensive property of a thermodynamic system. What the fuck does that mean? I fucking know. <laughs> hey, physics friends. What is a simple definition of entropy? Explain like I'm five. The entropy of an object is a measure of the amount of energy which is unavailable to do work. Whatever. I'm out. So it's like the measure of the energy that has been lost to entropy is the entropy. <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't know. Prove me wrong. Let Prove me, me wrong. Let me just put this in other words so we okay. can get off the physics talk. <laughs> this meant that their songs were getting quieter and chaotic. That's adorable. Yeah. Did they regress to like baby birds learning their songs? May, I, I don't know. They never really described it like that. I mean, I would call that chaotic. Yeah. Okay, let me let me give you a little more information on this, and then I'm going to actually play you the sounds oh of their songs. God. I found a video of it. Holy shit! Okay, okay, short. okay, okay. I'm so here for it. Okay, so the thing is, is that not everything is slurred. So just like humans have an alphabet, zebra finch songs also have an alphabet that consists of different syllables. Okay, so each syllable makes a different sound, just like each letter of the alphabet makes a different sound. Okay? Okay, I'm with you. All right. Um, one of the syllables, or only some of those syllables, seem to be garbled after they've been drinking, but not all of them. So this means that the alcohol was only affecting certain parts of the bird's brain more significantly significantly than other parts of its brain. Ooh. So they ended up sounding sloppy, but not the whole time. Ooh, okay. ooh, yeah. okay. So there are a lot of other studies in the works because of this study. Um, in other words, it's all thanks to the drunk bird study that we're learning a lot more about alcoholic songbirds, <laughs> so to speak. 
<laughs> I was mid-sip, and you almost made me spit it all over the microphone. That was not my intention. Okay. Awesome. Also, the paper, which is going to be in the show notes, is called Drinking Songs, Alcohol <laughs> Effects on Learned Song of Zebra Finches. And oh, my God. It's really cute. <sighs> okay. Let me find the clip of the birds singing. Okay. Make it loud so our mics hear it. Is that normal or drunk? Okay. All right. So the first sound was before alcohol. And it's a really subtle difference. Okay. Can we do it one more time? Yes. So this first one, and then I'll pause it. That was before alcohol. This one is after alcohol. Did you hear it in the beginning? Yeah. There was an extra note, and at the end, they just, like, cut it off, and it was... A little softer. It's hard to tell. But I'm going to keep playing this video because it's only like 30 seconds. Okay. And the guy talks a little bit about it and then slows it down so you can actually hear the differences in the mm. two songs. Listen carefully now as I play these two syllables. First the syllable sung while the bird had juice, followed by the syllable sung while the bird had alcohol. Again. I will now slow the recording to 50% normal so that the listener may better hear these effects. Again. Did you hear it? <laughs> the differences? <laughs> yeah, it was like, um, it had like a, oh shit, what's the, I guess slur is the word in, yeah. I was thinking of like musical terms oh. of when the note goes like dips down like that yeah. and kind of like, but that's literally called a slur in music. Yeah, it is. That's so cool. They're literally slurring their words after they've been drinking. It's so oh, funny. Oh my God. So. I love it. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much all I have for Finches, but I have another one on the complete opposite end. And uh, Insects. This, no. No. Damn. It's actually about the largest land mammal on the planet. Elephants. Elephants. Blue land animal. Okay. Land animal. I specifically said <laughs> land mammal. I caught myself before I finished the whale on that Good. word I was and trying. I immediately went to that. I was like, biggest mammal. That's a whale. But what? I got to put land. Lindsay? What? What do you think a drunk whale would sound like? Do Holy it right now. Holy shit. I need another drink. <laughs> so I don't know. Bad. I was trying to channel my inner Dory. I know, but, but I couldn't do it. It's okay. You do it. You try it. No. Yes. That's amazing. We should practice animal sounds more often like that. I, I agree. We did specifically get a request for more animal sounds in our podcast. We did. More human-generated animal sounds. Yeah. All you got to do is ask people. We'll give you what you want. All right, so let's let's talk about these these elephants. And I have probably briefly mentioned them in the past. Also, when I started looking up articles on these big old animals, I learned that there's a skincare line that's called the drunk elephant. Really? Yep. Not making this up. Oh, I bet that really messed up your advertisements. It did. It did. I was no longer getting ads for window decals. Now I'm getting ads for skincare products. Um, but apparently this product is named because it's made from the same fruit that has been reported to make elephants drunk. So that's why they call it the drunk elephant. What fruit is that? It's called the... Jabuchicaba. No. Damn it. Marula fruit. 
Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I've seen a video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for years, and I mean like years, like the first report of this was back in 1839. And here is. Yeah. 1839. So here's a direct quote from that very first report. It's from a guy. He was a French naturalist. His name was Adolphe de la Gourgue. Okay. Try that again, but French this time. I don't know how to do that. Hey, do your best. Give me an example of a French accent. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, French people. I am very sorry as well. Gabby Freeze is rolling <gasps> she, in her bed. She is. She's not dead, so she's not in a grave. No, she's not dead. Anyway. Our French naturalist, I'm not going to try to say his name again, <laughs> said, the elephant, I want I can't do a French accent. The oui, elephant. Oui, oui. The elephant. <laughs> That's great. Keep going. Thank you. Has in come in with man a predilection for a genteel warming of the brain induced by fruit which has been fermented by the action of the sun. That was kind of like not horrible. Really? <laughs> not real dumb. I mean, it was. I'm not saying it wasn't dumb. <laughs> I'm just saying it wasn't absolutely horrible. Okay. So he described the elephants getting drunk. Yeah. But he said it was, he didn't call it drunk, he called it a warming of the brain. Which That's I thought was real funny. Adorable. I know. It's like he just popped it in the microwave for 10 seconds. Wait. <laughs> just reheat it. <laughs> don't do that to your brains, don't, please. Don't do that. Just don't stand anywhere near a microwave, I've been told. Oh, shit. Anyway. But yeah, there's a Faraday cage that's supposed to stop it. The, um... Wave, radiation ra- yeah wavelengths from coming out of the microwave that's what like a faraday cage is supposed to actually do that's i didn't like know that of it. yeah <laughs> what i only know this because i made a superhero character that has like that property as one of his powers oh my god <laughs> holy shit shut the fuck up but anyway <laughs> a faraday cage like cancels out radiation and shit because of the way it's built All so radiation? it's supposed to yeah what yeah, including phones. And sometimes elevators are built in such a way that they're accidentally a Faraday cage. That's why fel- cell phones don't always work in elevators. Oh, whoa. I had no idea. That's crazy. They try to engineer them now so that doesn't happen. But like, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> physics! Yeah, physics, man. <laughs> Ugh, crazy. Uh, to this day, you can read about drunk elephants and travel brochures. Entire books have been written about this, asserting the truth of it. Um, and there have been countless eyewitness reports of allegedly intoxicated pachyderms. Allegedly, you said? Alleged. No, you're, oh, oh no. Alleged. Okay. So, I, oh no. The marula tree, which is related to mangoes, grows all over the place in Africa, okay? These are African elephants. Yes, these are African elephants. Um, people make all kinds of stuff out of it from jam to like wine, beer, and even a really special liquor. Cool. So when the fruit falls from the tree, it begins to rot on the ground, right? So it starts to right. ferment and it becomes alcoholic. Now, each fruit only is, is only about 7% alcohol. Um, and it makes sense that people would see the rotting fruit on the ground and just assume that an elephant is going to take the easy way and just eat stuff up off the ground, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they must have seen the elephants doing that, right? Yeah. And they might have at some point. Okay. So, however, elephants really only eat fruit that's right off the tree. In fact, they would rather eat fruit off the tree to the point where they push whole trees over just to get to it. Even when there's fruit on the ground? Yep, even when there's fruit on the ground. 
Whoa. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and a lot of scientists have weighed in on this quote myth um, because there's a lot of conversation about it and because there's a lot of false information out there about it. So I did some digging on it. Um, they, the scientists who weighed in on it even added that if they got desperate enough to eat the fruit that was on the ground, they would be strategic about it and eat the ones that were less rotten. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, in laboratory settings, elephants have only been documented to get, to consume alcoholic, um, I'm going to say fruit juice because that's what they gave them in the lab setting. Okay. Um, like not very often and they avoided it so much that even after being deprived of water or anything to drink other than the alcoholic beverage if it was over 10 percent, they wouldn't drink it or over over 10 alcohol they wouldn't consume it even if they were like going into massive dehydration wow yeah but they would drink it if they were desperate enough at about seven percent or lower so anything higher than that they would absolutely refuse to drink it they would rather die of desiccation fascinating mm -hmm. that's crazy yep it's wild so um the next question would be or the one that the other thing that people would put out there rather than just eating rotting fruit on the ground what about internal fermentation <gasps> oh okay. oh as in the food would ferment in the belly of the elephants after it's consumed right so according to scientists that's like a whole crock of bullshit because it takes like 12 to 46 hours for the fruit to pass through an elephant's digestive system. And that is not enough time for the fruit to ferment. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Plus those sugars actually get broken down during digestion. And what is needed during ferment fermentation? Sugar. It Sugars. has to feed the microbes. Exactly. Okay. So there's no sugar available and there's not enough time for that to even happen. So internal oh. fermentation is off the table. Fascinating. Yep. That's cool. Yep. Um, so essentially, that whole thing has been debunked, and um, reports people have given are most likely the result of people observing weird animal behavior and jumping to conclusions by trying to understand these animals with the limited context of human being understanding. Because there's and a lot, yep, anthropomorphizing. Because there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that we don't understand and we just jump to conclusions that it's the same thing in humans but it's not oh wow because that's what we understand dude i've seen a video i think it's probably one you're thinking of where they're like all gathered around a marimba tree and they're like this elephant is drunk yep and it's, it's probably a crock bullshit holy shit mm -hmm. um so then there's another question, and it's like, so how much would it actually take to get an elephant drunk off of these fruits if that were to actually happen? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Okay. So scientists have actually calculated that it would take about a half gallon of pure ethanol, 100% <laughs> ethanol, to even get the elephant tipsy, all right? Assuming that the fruit would have an alcohol content of about 7% alcohol per one rotten fruit, all right? Mm -hmm. um, it would take 7.1 gallons of the alcoholic juice just to come close to a half gallon of alcohol, which means that the elephant would have to consume 14,000 really rotted fermented fruits to even start getting drunk. Wait, did I say 14,000? Yes. I meant 1,400. Okay. Which okay. is still a lot. That's, is that even possible? I have no idea. Are there even that many fruits? Probably. Okay. I mean, they're not very big. They're probably about the size of a kiwi. Oh, okay. But still, I mean, 
And again, remember, these elephants are only wanting to eat fruit that's still on the tree. They'd rather yeah. push the tree over. They're avoiding rotten ones at all, at all costs. And they eat tons of stuff that's not fruit. Yep. So if they're avoiding it at all costs, they've got like so many other, so options. Many other options. Yeah. So it's highly unlikely that seeing a drunk elephant in the wild is actually what's happening. Oh, that is both like kind of sad and like so interesting Mm -hmm. so interesting yep because i feel like every time we hear these stories it's because animals are getting drunk or not getting drunk Mm -hmm. by consuming alcohol we don't like hear stories about animals that just like don't want to get wasted Mm -hmm. yep i wonder why i don't know well actually i think i read a lot of interesting stuff about hypotheses around this and how you know and we kind of touched on this a little bit with the um, the tree shrews that we covered mm-hmm. and um, in Nature's <clears throat> Beerstein, that episode. Mm-hmm. And they have actually evolved a way to withstand the effects of alcoholism because being drunk in- inhibits your ability to survive. So you'd be more mm. likely to be picked off by predators. So if you avoid getting drunk in the first place, you're not going to be susceptible. And if your body hasn't – or if you're not at a stage in evolution – to avoid the adverse effects of alcohol, then you're more susceptible to, one, hurting yourself like the damn birds do. Yeah. Um, or two, getting picked up by predators. That's a really good point. So, And for the tree shoes, there's like an obvious incentive mm-hmm. to like take the extra risk and to allow that process to evolve yep. as a result. But for elephants, like they've got so many other options. They're not frugivores. They're yep. not just eating fruit out there. Nope. So like they might as well just avoid getting drunk altogether. Exactly. Especially wow. when they don't have to. I wonder how many other animals are like that, that we just, there's no myths about it, so we don't, like, investigate it, but, like, how many other animals just absolutely refuse to get drunk, and why don't birds refuse? I don't know. Maybe they like it. That's fair. And I guess birds really like fruit, so. Yeah, and a lot of them can only eat fruit. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of animals choosing to not get drunk versus getting really, really drunk. Yes. So another critter that I want to talk about has actually been known to drink a lot. And that is the vervet monkey from the Caribbean. Vervet? Vervet. V-E-R-V-E-T. Okay. It's also known as... There's another word for them. I'm going to show you... I'm actually going to show you a picture of what they look like. Oh, good. Because I... I, Yeah, I cannot picture. And I want you to describe it for our listeners. Oh, okay. Oh, he's so cute. I know. He's cute to tell. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so it's a little monkey. They kind of remind me of a spider monkey. They have a dark face with a lot of fluff around their facial features. So it's like then around the face, they have like a big old poof. And then it kind of reminds me of a barn owl, but like there's a a fringe of white. Shut up, Lindsay. A fringe of white around the face and then like tan on their head and they got these cute long tails like a spider monkey they're cute little buggers yeah they're real cute they're also assholes (laughs) oh great okay (laughs) they're also assholes so um they're not normally from the caribbean oh so they've only been there for about 300 years so they're normally native to africa but thanks to asshole slavers Obviously, they're assholes for multiple reasons. They would scatter across the Caribbean in the 18th and 19th centuries. And they would take these vervet monkeys as pets with them on their ships. So when they would take, mm. when they would land on an island, the monkeys would either escape or be let go intentionally. Oh, dick yeah. move. Yep. So these are non-native. 
And they've been on the islands for about 300 years now. Wow. Yep. Not only that, but they've started stealing alcoholic cocktails from all the tourists. <laughs> yep. And those of you who have been to the Caribbean islands might know exactly what I'm talking about. So a series of experiments were done in the 90s to try to get to the bottom of these monkey just drinking habits. And they found that some will completely avoid alcohol. Some will drink it until they get drunk and then stop because they don't like feeling drunk. And then there's a select few who will become belligerent blackouts. That sounds freakishly familiar. Yeah. We've definitely talked about those during our summer series, Oh, yeah. Too. I've seen a video of these guys. Yeah, they're pretty funny. <laughs> they, like, fall off tables, and they'll steal people's sunglasses, and they'll, like, trade it for a drink <laughs> just to give people their stuff back. It's their clever little shit. So they're, like, not blackmailing. What's the word? They're bartering with they're people. They're bartering to give for their, their own stuff. <laughs> yeah, just so they can get a Mai Tai. That's great. Yeah. So this study found that 15% of all the monkeys that they studied in these social groups would completely avoid the alcohol. 80% of them would drink to get drunk on purpose, and then the other 5% just got straight up blackout drunk. Oh, my God. Yeah. So apparently the monkeys have lived on these islands where there's a lot of sugarcane growing, mm. and it would when the sugarcane would get burned, it would ferment, so they would be seen just like consuming all this fermented sugarcane. Um, and they were also seen in the 1900s just running around with bottles of rum and molasses and getting <laughs> drunk off of that. Like, people would trap these monkeys by taking a hollowed-out coconut shell and filling it with rum and molasses, and then the monkeys would get drunk, making it really easy for them to just pick the monkeys oh, up. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about them still in the Caribbean? Mm -hmm. Okay, just making sure. Yep, still in the Caribbean. Um so one study that was done in these guys showed that younger, quote, teenage monkeys were more likely to get really drunk than other monkeys of different oh. ages. So George Juarez, who actually led this study, suspected that older monkeys would avoid alcohol because of the stresses of monkey politics. That was a quote. Is this anthropomorphizing? I don't know. But is, is this a study? It is. I have oh. links for it. Oh, I have okay. It's a, it's a real study. Yeah. Um, at eventually, these older well, let me back that up. So these older monkeys, they would need to be more alert and perceptive of social dynamics because it would determine who they could meet with or the territories they had and all that stuff, okay? So they had to be alert and paying attention to it. Otherwise, they would miss out on these opportunities. Ah. Yeah. So in other words, at some point, monkeys leave behind their days of heavy drinking and their hangovers and they become adults. Adults can get drunk too. I'm not saying that they can't. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh shit i have links to all of these and videos that i will put up in the show notes for yes. people to enjoy okay and if you need a good chuckle during this time of quarantine stress <laughs> or just something funny to watch while you are drinking <laughs> that's where it's gotta be um beautiful but that's pretty much it for, that's all i have right now oh that's the end of my drunk um, Prairie Dog Town. Prairie Dog Town tunnels. For now. Who knows? Might stumble on something again in the future. Does that mean that your Prairie Dog Town is officially under lockdown? It is. It is indeed. Rip. Yeah. I'm sad. Well, Lindsay, it's been a really enjoyable jaunt through your neighborhoods here in uh, Drunk Animal Prairie Dog Town. Thank you. I hope everybody else enjoyed it. 
I please leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do know uh, personally one human being who has left us a review on Apple iTunes for Naughty Nature, and it has not posted, and that was months ago. What the hell, Apple? I know. So I I don't know what's happening with Apple. Maybe people are actually reviewing us, but we're just not able to see it. Mm. Well, thank you to our producers, the Great Plains Nature Center, for letting us, their employees, even during a lockdown where we're not even supposed to come into work, continue to talk about sex, drugs, and other good stuff on the podcast. Show notes are on naughtynaturepodcast.com. Lindsay's going to post her stuff there. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find our uh, information on the website or just email naughtynature at gpnc.org. We'll be back again next week since we're doing a special, like, double duty quarantine <laughs> um, Naughty Nature push to help keep y'all entertained. Okay. Okay. And the next time your buddy comes back from Africa and says he's seen a drunk elephant, just know that he's full of shit. Yes! Call out your bullshit friends! <laughs> oh, nature is so naughty. Please know. That um, we might get worse. We might remain the same. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm talking about the show. Please oh help God. us get better by leaving us reviews. <laughs> Tell us what you want us to talk about. That was so ominous. I thought you were talking about like coronavirus. No. <laughs> we might get worse. We might We might <laughs> stay guess, the same. I guess that could be like <laughs> a metaphor for coronavirus. <laughs> oh, shit. The longer we're like isolated from the rest of society and forced only to interact with our work friends remotely through like discord or whatever the more insane these episodes might get yeah so please tell us (laughs) instruct us how to proceed (laughs) or maybe you just want to sit back and watch the chaos happen which honestly if i were in the audience i would i would want that i'd i'd sit in for some chaos podcasts oh hell yeah yeah if it was like you and emily my single wish would be chaos for oh, your future. Good lord. Entropy. Entropy. <laughs> Just go on tangents about physics that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs>